Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Rising to the Occasion. First of all, we're going to talk about the Lakers head coach and how he refuses to change up the lineup, even though they started 0-3, and it just seems like it's not working. We'll also talk a little bit about the NFL, catch up with that, and see what's going on in the league. And is Texas A&M falling apart? Uh, we'll discuss that as well as what's going on at Auburn. A lot of things kind of going on there. I know Blake's excited to talk about that. And then we'll end the show today with a little bit of a game. Uh, first time playing it. It's called Guess That Guy. Uh, this and much more today on Rising to the Occasion. Welcome back to Rising to the Occasion. Uh, we're just here to talk about sports, guys. That's about it. I'm going to go ahead and bring in my co-hosts. Uh, first, I got my brother, Britton, and then, you know, it looks like you're you're done jamming out to the, the little intro song, so I feel like I could bring you uh, in. I'm good now. And then we got Blake uh, again here with us. How you guys doing, man? It's going. Yeah, I'm just hanging in there, fellas. Just hanging in there. A lot of stuff going down with Auburn, so I'm ready yeah. to talk about it. Yeah, we, we got quite a bit to talk about when it comes to that, too, because, uh, you know, just between them and, and uh, Texas A&M, it just seems like maybe the SEC's kind of got some issues going on down in, inside, you know, specific programs, you know. And so it's I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure they're not the only two that are kind of going through some drama, but they they seem like the only two that are causing a lot of it. Um, but mm-hmm. we'll start off here with the Lakers. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll kind of dive in. That's probably the first time we've really dove into the NBA on this show, but uh, we do want to kind of explore around and bounce around to, to all of the different, uh, you know, different uh, uh, sports, you know, kind of, kind of dive into the different leagues and take a look at, at what's going on. Britain, you and I were talking about it a little bit ago. It's, it's hard to keep up with like the NBA and find out what we should talk about with maybe the NBA and even the NHL. Uh, MLB has been hard for me to kind of jump in. Like, where do I want to jump in with that? Uh, of course, with it being playoffs, it's a little bit easier now, but you know, just kind of looking at, at some of those, it's it's just hard to kind of keep up with some of it. But what what we got right now is we got the Lakers. They're starting off zero and three, but when uh, when 
their head coach is asked, uh, his name is Darvin Ham. This is his first year as a head coach out there at the Lakers. Uh, the, the reporters asked him if he'd consider making changes to the starting lineup, and he just responded with, not today. Uh, you know, if, if you're starting 0-3, Britain, are you starting to think maybe these stars aren't going to line up and, and, and fall into place the way you think they are? So I'm a little different. I think I have a little different view on this than, than you do, um, maybe. But I think for me, the NBA is a little bit different than football or, or, or other sports like that. Um, it's similar, more similar to hockey um, or something like that in, in the sense that, listen, there's a ton of games to, pl- to be played in both the NBA uh, and, the, and the NHL. There's a ton of games to be played. And let's face it, like, this is his first year uh, as a head coach. Also, sometimes it takes the different players to, to um, you know, figure things out. It takes them a little bit of time to figure things out. And not only that, but, you know, I think, you know, once you get in 15 games or so, you'll see that's when you start to see what teams are actually going to be the rest of the season, especially in, in you know, baseball, NHL, NBA, these these sports that have, you know, 300 games a season it feels like um so no i'm not really i'm not really too concerned with the lakers i'm not too concerned uh with the fact that he's not not wanting to change it up quite yet um i say give it another month and if you know things are still rolling downhill obviously that's that's time to start making some adjustments um i don't i don't necessarily read too much into the first three games um i've seen i've seen teams come in uh and, and lose the first several games and all of a sudden they're uh they're in the playoffs, so. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and, and, and Blake, you know, with with looking at the Lakers, you know, we recognize that they have all mm-hmm. this star power. You know, they've got LeBron, they've got AD. Now they bring in uh, Russell Westbrook not too long ago. Do you think with this kind of star power, you'd be able to, to maybe match up against some of the teams that they've lost against? Of course, the teams that they've lost against so far, it's been, been good teams in the league. But you, you think three games in, you're starting to kind of question whether that star power is enough? Guys, the thing with the Lakers is Russell Westbrook, um, and they can't shoot the basket. Let's be honest. Be honest. They don't have shooters. And in today's game, if you don't have guys that can shoot the basketball, you're not going to win. So I don't think if even if they do change their lineup up, I don't think it matters because they don't have the dudes. And LeBron and Anthony Davis. You know, LeBron's up in age now. Is he going to be able to go a full 82 games? Uh, can Anthony Davis, the, the, are they even going to make the playoffs? Like, uh, they might make the play-in tournament, but I, I just – I'm not sure if changing the lineup is, is going to help this Lakers team. They just – they don't have the – they don't have the dudes, man. And you went Patrick Beverly, Beverly and he's a defensive mind, and he's he can't really shoot, and – you know, I just – they just don't have the guys, man. Yeah. Yeah, it just seems like they're kind of like putting together all this star power that doesn't really match up together. And I think that's the main thing that's yeah. concerning to me, starting off 0-3, kind of getting embarrassed, too, the way that they have, you know. And it's just mm-hmm. when you start off 0-3 that way with that kind of star power, to me it just seems like maybe we don't have the star power that's going to actually match up and have the chemistry uh, that, you know, you've seen in the past with maybe like the – the Warriors being able to do it and such, and then kind of a, a, a comparison to what the Lakers are looking at right now, maybe similar to the Nets where, you know, you've got all the star power, but it's not clicking together to to get you wins in the playoffs, right? 
Yeah, and, and I think I think you bring up a really good point there. Um, you know, you get you you see this every year um, where you'll have tons of star power on the same team, but it doesn't amount to anything. Uh, and I think the reason for that being is a lot of these individual players are going to shine individually, but when you're you know can, you're on the same team as three other guys that are are all star players as well. It's just it just makes things a lot more difficult. If you if you look back um, at Oklahoma City several years back, I don't know ten plus years ago, you know they had Serge Ibaka, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, um, Stephen Adams. Uh, who else did they have? Um, James Harden. They had all these guys on the same team, and they never amounted to anything. They never did anything. Uh, they may make the playoffs here and there, and then get get uh you know knocked out pretty quickly into that it just didn't ever seem to work but then as soon as you see them start to separate you saw james harden all of a sudden james harden james harden wasn't even really a superstar on oklahoma city's team because he had kevin durant Mm -hmm. and and he had you know these other guys like that serge abaca really wasn't a superstar russell westbrook they were all just really good players but then as soon as they all started separating you saw uh russell westbrook in oklahoma city the triple double king. I mean, he had more triple doubles than anybody ever broke uh, Oscar Robinson's uh, record, and you know, all of a sudden these these players are able to start shining. But it seems to be every year, you know, one team in, in particular, whether it's the Lakers or the Nets, have done it in recent times. You'll get all these players that are big name players, and it doesn't seem to work out. So I think I think that uh, that you you know you hit the the nail on the head there. That's the biggest downfall, I think, is that you have too many players that want to be the best and that have been the best before elsewhere, and it just doesn't work. Yeah, I, I think you put yep. that pretty well. Yeah, and it's 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 weird how that works out. You know, you've got – I think the NBA is the, the biggest uh, for trying to put together – you know, like they're the most uh, known for trying to put together these super teams. Uh, and, and sometimes it works, but it's just hard to find that super team where your guys will jive. And like you said, Britt – you know, like it is, is somebody like, you know, and, and as much as I love watching Russell Westbrook play, is somebody like that really going to add to your team or is maybe starting to, you know, time to start thinking about maybe somebody like Russell Westbrook to maybe step back mm-hmm. in the lineup. And, and I think not even necessarily getting him off your team altogether, but just changing up the lineup in that sense. I think he does well when he's the star on the court. Uh, whereas, you know, LeBron might be able to compliment some of these other guys too, man. Yeah, and that's that's it for me. Is is it you know, Russell Westbrook's an excellent ball player, but when you put him in with with all those guys, he didn't. It, it's no different than what he did at OKC. Yeah. There's just too many pieces. He just doesn't. He doesn't seem to work well with other superstars. Uh, and Kevin Durant's, to be honest with you, Kevin Durant's not much different. Um, all yeah. these players are good ball players, but it just doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, do you have much much more to spit onto that? And, and... Man, the, the thing with Westbrook to me is is with the legs, LeBron always has to have the ball in his hands. So yeah. it, that that's and you have a and you have a guy like Westbrook who also wants the ball in his every time, every time down the court. It's just it's just not a good mesh point. With, with these guys on the court at the same time. So I just, I just, I don't think the Lakers have the roster to do anything this year. And, and hey, put it all on LeBron, you know. You you wanted to come to L.A. and 
you know, you won your your bubble championship and, you know, that was all cool. But I honestly think the subtraction of Alex Caruso after that championship and KCP really, really hurt this Lakers team. And you can't be different, man, different, man. Alex Caruso and KCP did so much for the Lakers championship team. I didn't get a whole, didn't get a whole lot of credit for it, but uh, losing those two guys really killed this roster in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I guess if there wasn't any, anything else to add on, on that, uh, we can jump into the NFL if you guys are ready. Let's do it. Yeah, man. All right. Let's go ahead and talk about it. So first, I want to bring up something that, you know, we, we uh, I don't know if we brought this up or, or not on the show, but, uh, you know, first of all, the, the Titans, they've they've talked about, you know, getting a new stadium. I guess the uh, the, the city is, is going to help contribute towards that. And they finally released some pictures of what that stadium might look like. And we've got, got some of those pictures pulled up here. When I look at this stadium, I mean, it's a huge upgrade. It's cool that they get to go to a dome. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about the outside. To me, it kind of looks like, it's like a hotel or something like they're like they're selling some kind of suites up in there or something like that too. But you know, it's, I don't know. I, I, I'm not too crazy about the outside, but it is an upgrade. Uh, and it's kind of exciting to see more of these teams kind of go to this. And in the NFL, the thing that's so crazy is you can't really factor in the elements the way that you can in college football anymore, because a lot of these teams are going to domes and it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, Britton, what, what are your, your thoughts on, on their new, mock-up that they come up with yeah i mean i think it's all cool <laughs> that's about all i got to say about that i mean to be honest with you the the only thing i really care about and the only thing most people and i think the fan base i'm, I'm not a uh, titans fan by any means but i think all the fan base cares about is wins um they need to, to find a way to to get some wins make the playoffs go win Super Bowls because that's what we care about. Um, you know, if, if Kansas City goes and builds a brand-new uh, facility, everybody's going to say, cool. You know, they, the fans care about the wins, and, and that's that's what it comes down from, to for me. Um, man, I don't remember the last time that the Titans have won the Super Bowl. Um, I feel like it's been a minute, though. So, yeah, I'd, I'd, like to, I'd like to pull up the stat to see – what their record is in a dome compared to like outdoors in the elements, you know, kind of, kind of see, and maybe, maybe this will improve their, their uh, record, you know, like their record in the past has been better in the dome. They need a few more Derrick Henry's on their teams, what they need. <laughs> <laughs> Man, what you like? look guys, look guys, uh, Nashville party city. Uh, I think that's the look they're going for right here. Uh, the outside, it's not what a normal NFL stadium looks like. But in that downtown scene in Nashville, it just might work. Um, as far as the dome, I kind of like it. Um, you know, I, I like the dome. Like, look look at SoFi and, 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 and things like that, man, the, those type of stadiums like uh, in, up in, up in uh, Minnesota and everything. You know, I, I like those places and, and, and uh, out in Arizona, you have the retractable roof and and things like that. And uh, I just looks looks ultimate. Ultimately, I think the Titans, instead of a new stadium, you need to worry about the hill at the hill at the quarterback position. Because, yeah. uh, you know, it, it, I just don't think Ryan Tannehill is the guy to lead you uh, pass and pass an, an AFC divisional round uh, into an AFC chip chip to a Super Bowl. 
Uh, I'm just not sure. Yeah. So uh, I think the Pittsville need to feel need to be worried more about their quarterback play than they do uh, uh, their brand new stadium. But it is cool. It is cool. Are you calling for them to put in Malik now then? Look, you know, Malik, he started out at Auburn, and so I know a good bit about Malik, and he went to Liberty and lit it up and uh, was under Hugh Freeze there, and he was in the high line and, and very talented, very talented. Uh, his, his, his strength, strength, he can ball down the ball down the field, he can make plays with his legs. Uh, I don't think right now is the time to, to go to Malik. I, I, I don't I'm not a big I'm not a big fan of throwing rookie quarterbacks into the fire in the NFL year one, uh, like watching a, a Kyler Murray out in Arizona. And now he's catching all this backlash. And uh, it's just it's really tough, man, to, to put a rookie into the NFL. The game's so much faster than college football. So uh, I want to hold off on Malik right now. And I just want Ryan Tannehill to improve his play, man, like. Uh, you have you have the playmakers, you know. You have one of the best running backs in the league, in, in Derrick Henry. Uh, you know, just pick up your play and make your team better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's it was really kind of, I, I guess, alarming might be the right term to, to terminology to use. But you know, whenever I look at how Ryan Tannehill kind of treated Malik when he first came in, you know, kind of the statement that oh, he yeah. made about "I'm not here to teach you, I'm not here to help you grow," really. I'm not going to be your mentor. You know, that, that's kind of alarming to me uh, as a head coach, as a GM, you know, whoever it is that's that's in the upper offices kind of making some of the, the changes in, in personnel. That's alarming to me because I want a quarterback. I, I get where he's coming from as, a, as from a personal standpoint, but as a quarterback, you're you are the, the guy that should be trying to help him move along, you know, and maybe you help him to where. He can be traded off and be a better trade stock to another team. You know, that maybe that can be your mentality. Um, but just to come out and say that, that was just kind of a little bit too much for me personally. Yeah, I didn't. I, go ahead, Blake. No, no, go ahead, Britton. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I didn't, I didn't really know how I felt about that because I, yeah. I do. I see both sides for sure. But let's be honest. Like, the NFL is a business, and Ryan Tannehill is not the greatest quarterback anyway. So – realistically in his mind i mean i get where he's coming from like listen i i'm worried about my job i don't have time i'm not it's not my job to teach this kid you know welcome to the big leagues dude i've got to provide for my family and look after myself here because if he doesn't he's not going to have a job much longer anyway but at the same time i do get it also you know i see the other side as well i mean a quarterback is uh looked upon as a leader of the team as well so yeah, to come out and make that statement seemed seemed a little bit uh, a little bit harsh to me. Um, I definitely see both sides of that though, for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and and guys, one thing I wanted to touch on about you know Josh, you said that uh, the way he acted right there when Malik was drafted and everything. I'm all in an ultimate right. So I look at Matt Ryan in Indy and they bench him and they say that they're going to Sam Ellinger and Matt Ryan come out and said, okay, well now my job has shifted. I'm no, I'm no longer the quarterback quarterback. I'm now the quarterback quarterback. And uh, I have to prepare to be the number one QB. Also have also have to prepare to get Sam ready to be 
the number one quarterback for Sunday. Uh, I have to give all of my knowledge to Sam and let him know what it takes to get the job done on a Sunday. And so an ultimate, ultimate pro right there. And that is kind of the way uh, Ryan Tannehill shouted about it, I believe. But I do get him kind of saying, hey, this is my this is my team. Like, you're not just going to come in here and take it. Uh, we'll see, man. I just – I'm not a big Ryan Tannehill uh, believer, so. No. And, and like what Britton mentioned, too, he's not even really the greatest yeah. quarterback. So maybe in that sense, it's like – Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. You know, maybe he should be worried, you know, hey, I know mm-hmm. I'm not teaching you because you're probably going to take my spot. He knows that Absolutely. he's not the greatest quarterback, you know, so he, he does have to worry about that. Absolutely. Um, I, I, and, just and love, I just love that I can sit here on my couch and tell somebody he's not a good quarterback, even though he's in the <laughs> NFL making millions of dollars. It's just so much fun. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the beauty of our job. We can criticize them and. They can't criticize it. They don't know how good of a quarterback I am. Maybe I am good enough yeah. to be in the NFL. I would, I would smoke Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> no, you, you bring up uh... – <laughs> Man. <laughs> them, are one, them are one percenters, man. But, hey, that is one thing. That is one thing about fans, though. A lot of people give fans, like, a really hard time. They're like, oh, you know, you coach from the couch. Or uh, you say that you this and every this and everything. That's just that's just that's just part of being a fan, and you know, I mean, fans criticize players on their favorite teams. That's just part of it. You know, we see it in the college game, we see it in the pro game, and and uh, that's that's just you know being a fan. You're you're a fan. So and so uh, to all the people out there who get mad about. You know, couch, couch, or whatever, or whatever, man. Get that miss. It's all, fun. it's all fun. Uh, we just want to, we just want to win. So, yeah. Uh, and, hey, I'm gonna drop, I'm gonna drop for a second. I'll hop back on here in a minute. All right. You know, we we're talking about quarterbacks here, and uh, you know, while we're on the on the topic of these quarterbacks, let's go ahead and jump over to Joe Burrow because I look at the Bengals and seeing what they're doing. You know, the mm-hmm. Bengals. They started off. They lost. Kind of an ugly game to the Steelers. We talk about Joe Burrow. He started off with that game with, I think, five turnovers. Uh, and Britton and I were talking about that quite a bit. Uh, you know, just how ugly that looked for him, you know, to start off that way. They lose, uh, you know, the very next week, a tough one against uh, the, the Cowboys. Uh, so they start off 0-2 there. They start to kind of yeah. roll back. And, you know, their only other loss was kind of a, a tough one that seems more like time management against uh, the Ravens since then. 
and you look at how the the Bengals are, are kind of rolling out now. Now they're four and three starting to look up. And we've kind of seen this in the past where, you know, last year, we, we look at last year, how they started it off. You know, they weren't really, they weren't really a, a huge playoff contender. Yeah. So we wouldn't, weren't even looking for them to, in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then whenever, whenever they get into the playoffs, they're playing and they started off kind of slow, but they make all these kind of second half adjustments to really yep. come back. Uh, when we see kind of how the Bengals are playing right now compared to how they started off the season, Blake, do you think uh, that maybe the Bengals are back to where they need to be after kind of that rough loss? Absolutely, Josh. Uh, the Bengals are – they're a real threat in the in the National Football League. The only thing I have a concern with with the Bengals is their offensive line. Uh, they could get, to get Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow absolutely killed. And – I don't want to see that because I think he is elite quarter, elite quarter, league, league. But we have to we have to protect Joe Burrow. And when they they play elite, elite pass rushers, uh, they struggle, man. They struggle. And you know you, you have the Jamar Chase and the, the T Higgins, and it's just we could go we could go on and on about playmakers. You know you could go down with Joe Mixon and all these cats, man. Uh, it's it's uh it's an elite offense and their defense has been playing better. So I do think they're a force in the NFL. Uh, you know, I, they make it, if they make it back to the hole, but you know, I, I definitely think they're a playoff team for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, I, I see them, like I said, I, I mean, just the way that they played last year, you're kind of seeing mm-hmm. that kind of transition into this year. And you bring up the offensive line. They had a lot of new pieces. I think at least three new guys up there on the offensive mm-hmm. line this year too. So the way that they've really kind of meshed that together, the question kind of has been risen by many people. And you even hear that kind of week to week from the commentators, even how long is it going to take for these guys, these guys to really kind of jump in. And what I've seen is not even the offensive line getting better because they really haven't, they've still been <laughs> letting the pressure back to Joe Burrow just as much, but I have seen mm-hmm. Joe Burrow adjust to that pressure so much. And it's, it's crazy. You bring it up how, elite of a quarterback he is and that's true dude. you know that's i mean there's not many guys that are much better than he is man. dude he can make any throw on a field field you you watch him go through his progress and and how he just works from one side of the field to the other josh it's it's i got you know i i got it watching firsthand in college when he played at lsu uh, every single weekend man and just the performances that he has put on in the NFL, especially coming after uh, coming out coming back from the knee injury, uh, that was scary. And and I see that happened that happened again, man. So that's my big with the bing with the Bengals is is I know the secondary can be sudden and there and, and there's questions back there, but sure up that offensive line, man, get it together. Yeah. Sorry, boys, I had to call from uh, Ryan Tannehill. He was calling, so. Man. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering when he would catch up, you know, because I know I know he could. He's got that. He doesn't have a great arm, but he does have, uh, you know, great ears. Great hearing. He can hear yeah. people talking about. <laughs> no, I I had somebody <laughs> stop on my house. I was not expecting. <laughs> somebody somebody telling you to move your uh, work truck or something. No, uh, I had a guy that <laughs> a guy that needed needed to come in and take a take a bathroom break real quick. <laughs> Yeah. So anyways, you know, we, we look at the Bengals uh, kind of catch you up, Britton, you know, do you kind of see the Bengals kind of moving their way back to where they need to be to kind of make maybe a similar run like they did last year, at least be a playoff contender? 
Yeah, I, I, I suppose slightly. There's still a lot of a lot of room for improvement. Um, yeah. Well, listen, Zach Taylor's a good good coach. He'll get he'll get the guys going. Um, mm-hmm. I'm curious to see how they can how they can bounce back. And I know Joe, Joe Burrow had had a pretty rough start to the season. Uh, he's definitely definitely starting to to become the old Joe Burrow that we all we all knew he'd be. So he's definitely limiting the turnovers, which is which is key. I think the turnovers were really what what cost him in the beginning of the season. So, you know, Joe Joe Burrow taking care of the football um, is, is definitely going to continue to help. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know I, I've got faith in them to be able to to do it. You know, because they they're showing how tough they can be, and it's it's hard to stop that offense. But then their defense is really clicking uh, when you've got uh, you know uh, who is it? it's Henderson and Hubbard on the outside, you know, on both sides on your line, you know, it's hard to stop that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, you know, really you just have to get enough of that pressure all the time, which is always there. And as long as those two guys stay healthy, that defense is going to keep on clicking because the secondary mm-hmm. doesn't have to hold for a super long yep. time. So it's, it's just, it's amazing to see this team, how they're, how they progress. Because when we first saw those first two games, the way that Joe Burrow was turning it over five times in the first game against the Steelers and then, uh, you know, coming into that second game, just kind of a tough loss against the Cowboys. I mean, it was just mm-hmm. – it was kind of concerning to see the the Bengals playing like that. But then now you're starting to see them kind of really take control a lot. And and like I said, the only other loss on their season is against the Ravens. And, against I, I think that was more of a, a time management uh, situation there too. So, uh, like you said, Blake, I totally have faith in them to make it to the playoffs. Uh, and then to your point too, Britton, they do have a lot of – a lot of adjustment, and I think Joe Burrow being more calm, even with that pressure coming in, is a huge part of that, uh, at least on their offense. Absolutely. Well, and, and I mean, look, the <clears throat> excuse me, the Buccaneers just got beat. Yeah. Uh, anybody can any anybody can win any week uh, in well, the NFL, no. except let's, for the let's Lions. Jump, let's jump to that real quick because what's going on with the Bucks? You know, of course, we had all this drama in the off season with. You know, Tom Brady, he retires. No, he's not. He's coming back. You know, he can't he can't live without football. And he comes back in. A lot of us were, were all picturing and I've heard this from several people. I don't I don't know anybody that didn't have the idea of, hey, you know, Tom Brady, when you look at him last year, that was the best Tom Brady we've ever seen. So I don't know anybody that, that didn't say, uh, you know, that he wasn't going to come in and basically do repeat or be pretty dang close to what he did last year and then we also have the drama of uh, Giselle you know of what's going on there and behind the scenes and I don't really really talk too much about that because I think some of that drama does play into Tom Brady but I don't even think that's a whole lot to deal with just the Bucks of course injury prone but what's going on with the Bucks because we see uh, with the Panthers all the drama that's gone on there Sam Darnold gets hurt so we know Baker Mayfield's going to play but Baker Mayfield's trash now he gets hurt uh, and they have a, you know, an, another backup come in now, uh, and so you know, seeing the the kind of the quarterback controversy that went on there, and then CMC goes off to the 49ers. Blake, what do you think's going on there with with the Bucks? You know, with them losing twenty one to three. Man, man, Tom Brady is what forty five years old. Yeah. Um, you know, you're you're banking on a quarterback that that's forty five. He's he's up there. Uh, the 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 arm talent has dropped off a little bit. Uh, his you know all the drama and him and his personal life that has leaked in 
to the NFL and you got Antonio Brown who led last team last year. He's talking trash on media. Media, you know. Uh, I know they lost in Martin Center right before the season started, so that's a huge that's a huge loss. Uh, you lose lose that guy anchoring your offensive. Uh, that is that is you know something that is really hard to come uh, get over. So. You know they're just they're beat up, man, and they're not a healthy football team. Uh, something looks wrong with Brady. I'm not sure, you know, if he needs to go away from the game right, game right now. I, I really don't know. I hate he's not, you know, he's not, you know, he's the greatest quarter time, but but it it's just there's something going on there. I don't know if it's Byron Leftwich. I I don't know, but something right, it's not clicking, not clicking. I mean, you saw Mike Evans wide open. Uh, down the field uh, the, this past Sunday uh, in that Carolina game, and and he just dropped the football. It's wide open. Nobody within 10, 15, he dropped the football. The football. Yeah. And, and it, he said, post game, post game. After I dropped the ball, I just, oh, I just felt like the whole game changed. And, and you know, that was, uh, that was in the first – I think it was in the first quarter. And he said, you know, I felt like we were just doomed after that. So, there's a you lot know, of confidence, confidence in that locker room. And – I don't know how they go about it. Honestly, I, honestly, I, I, like I said, I don't want to say Brady needs to step away from football. I don't want to say that. I want to say that. But, but maybe it's the right move. Move. Maybe, maybe it is the right move. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, Britton. Do you think Brady needs to step back and just let the Bucks kind of go down without him? You know, yes, I do. I think if you if you watch the games, there is, it's not a lack of talent. There is something internally wrong with that team, 100%. Um, if you look at you know the, the reactions of Tom Brady in, in particular, I don't know how many iPads he's gone through this season. I mean, mm-hmm. there are issues going on within the locker room that need addressed. Um, I, I also think just Tom Brady in general, man, I, I love Tom Brady. He's the best quarterback to ever play. Uh, but listen, man, don't I, – I don't want to see this for him. I don't want him to to come back for just one more year and then ruin his legacy. And that can happen. That's happened in the past with other players. You know, I, I think he does need to step away from the game, um, whether or not he decides to retire. I don't know. It, it, it's tough, but it, there's definitely something internally wrong with that team. Yeah. It, yeah. It's pretty it's, evident just watching the, the sidelines uh, and the reaction of the players. And, and like I said, um, you know, you drop a ball and all of a sudden you, you think the game's over. Dude, you're on the Buccaneers team. You know, you have Tom Brady as your starting quarterback. What do you, what do you mean it's over? What that tells me is there's, there's more to it than, than what we see. Yeah, and we know it's some of the, you know, kind of the injury bug kind of attacking them a little bit for sure. Sure. Uh, but there's definitely some more going on. And we talk about Tom Brady being the, the, the GOAT. You know, he is the greatest quarterback of all time, and it's hard to, to debate that. You know, you look at his rings alone, I think that says quite a bit about the guy. And then, of course, just looking at last year, last year was probably – it has to be right up there with some of the – one of the best seasons he's ever had personally. Mm-hmm. And so looking at him, I mean, just as time goes on. But another great quarterback that we know of is Aaron Rodgers. And looking over at the, at the Packers, we know that there's been a lot of drama going on there too. Uh, you know, and, and they've had all their drama and their issues. But now we look at this year and it seemed like maybe the way that the Packers started off 
kind of the opposite of what we just now talked about with the Bengals. The way that they started off, we thought it's not going to be an issue. Aaron Rodgers is going to have his team in check. He's going to be ready, and he's going to find a receiver to, to pick on to be his guy. Uh, and they even bring uh, – is it is it Cobb that they brought back? Uh, yeah. You know, they, they, so they bring him back into the lineup kind of as a veteran for Aaron Rodgers to be able to lean on. And, you know, and then he's even kind of been picking on, on Lazard to be his guy. That's one of the young guys they brought in for him. And they're just not clicking. Something's not going right there. We just now see the the Packers losing to the Commies, twenty three to twenty one. You know, did anybody see the final play? I, I didn't see it. No, I, I, you so, told me about it, and I still didn't. I think I think the most ironic part of that whole thing. So it comes down. They didn't get in field goal range, and they tried the whole pitch back play, where you throw it to a receiver, and you just keep throwing it behind you until somebody gets away. They finally had. I mean, they this ball went in the air multiple, multiple times. It came down to Samari Toure from Nebraska, took off and had a pretty decent run with it, pitched it back to Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers is the one that made the bad throw that fumbled and went out of bounds to end the game. So I thought that was ironic that that the quarterback, when he has it in his hand, he can't make the throw. In all fairness, he did try to throw it to the other sideline, the opposite sideline of him. But the biggest thing I think for me with with – them is obviously he doesn't trust his, his wide receivers. He made that really clear about the young wide receivers uh, before the season started. But I think they need to start relying on just get some of those young kids that like like a two ray or, or you know some of these other kids that they tra- that they uh, drafted. Just get them out there because it can't get much worse. And just find somebody during the game to to throw to. Um, I get it. He's a he's a veteran quarterback. He's got his he's he's probably made up his mind on who's going to throw it to and who's not. But something's got to change. Yeah, and I've even heard a little bit of a little bit of rumors of OBJ going to help old Aaron Rodgers out. Uh, what do you think about that, there, Blake? Man, they need something because they don't have any wide receivers, and so I mean, you, why not OBJ? I mean, you got to try something, right? Because uh, Lazard isn't it, isn't it? Uh, Randall Cobb is a, a, an old veteran. That's not going to get you anywhere. I, I mean, I, 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 they're a mess right now, man. And I think Aaron Rodgers. I think he's out of there. I think he's. I think he's done with Green Bay. I think that it is wrapped up, and he is ready to bounce out of there. I don't know where he goes. I'm not really sure, but I, I think he's done with Green Bay. I think that whole experiment is. And, you know, I, you know, I look back and a lot, a lot of people might say that, you know, what he did there was phenomenal. But, you know, you know I feel like two years ago when he when he got Tampa at Green Bay and they failed to win that game, I think that was the – that was – I think, I think that's when he kind of called it quits because he was you – know, you know, I mean, this was our best team. And we still couldn't, we still couldn't get it done. So, yeah. you know, I think this year is a wash for the Packers, man. I don't think they're going anywhere. Mm-hmm. No, it just I don't seems think they'll like, make the playoffs. It, yeah, it seems no. like they're lost, and and it it also is just so weird that they have Aaron Jones, and uh, I'm trying to think of what game it was, uh, where Britton, you and I were watching this one like the whole game because we, it, it was it turned into a really fun game to watch, and it was Aaron Jones really going off, and it showed that uh, it was a Bears game. Uh, and, and you know, he, he came out and he had a phenomenal game. I know injuries have kind of banged him up a little bit, but 
you know, he's when he's healthy, they're not putting him in there. They're not giving him the ball. And I think that's one mm-hmm. thing is just not even him. And it's just the, the running backs in general, the running game, they're not going to it enough. They're trusting too much on, on passing the ball. When again, there's too much going on there. And that's, that's actually my fault because I have him on my fantasy league. Yeah. You just now dropped him this past week with all your crazy moves. Yeah, man. If, if you're on my fantasy league, you're either not going to get the ball or you will be injured. At, at some point, you are going to be injured. And it's probably, you know, out for a couple of games if you're on my team. Man, Blake, you, you were talking about how bad you were doing uh, this past week. But yeah. let me pull this up to double check what that score was for me because I absolutely got murdered, you know, and I, I made some big change ups to where I thought, you know, I was doing good. One of the big things that yeah. really hurt me was the fact that I put Tampa Bay's defense in against the Panthers thinking that's a smart move. And oh. It was not. Uh, Do you saw Christian McCaffrey? If I would have put the Cowboys defense in instead, it would have done just fine. But I ended up getting killed 186 to 143. Do you saw McCaffrey? Like, oh, dude. Well, I did, but he didn't do anything. I kept him on the bench, and I'm glad I did because I put Ramondre, yeah. Yeah. Ram- Ramondre Stevenson in. McCaffrey didn't have a good game? Much better. No, he, McCaffrey he didn't put up points? points. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, he had 19.8 points. I mean, he. How did McCaffrey only have six points? McCaffrey played well. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I mean, he just didn't score any touchdowns. You got to score yeah. touchdowns in fantasy. I guess. I-, I thought he played really well for his first game. The 49ers. Yeah. He looked good. And he hasn't had yeah. much time to kind of click and to, to mesh into that system yet, too. So give him some time mm-hmm. with Debo, San- uh, Debo Samuel and him as two weapons to really look at, it's going to spread things out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really good for Jimmy G out there in, in the, uh, you know, San Francisco right now too. I, yeah. I, I thought Jimmy yeah. G is my, my starting quarterback now. Yeah. And I think he, that's he, played, a, he played well. I think that's a decent move right now too. Well, yeah, and they have IU too. So uh, that's another one. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 49ers are not a team I thought I'd, I'd ever really talk much about, but. They're starting to get some, some pieces. They might be a fun football team uh, in, the, in the upcoming years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if Larry's watching, uh, he's gonna he's probably gonna reach out to you, but you know he's not gonna be happy about you saying you don't want to talk about the 49ers. But uh, <laughs> never we've, have. Been, we've been talking quite a bit lately about all these New York teams. Of course, we talked about Syracuse, but let's shine a little bit more light on NFL and, and dive into these NFL teams. Of course, we got the Bills five mm-hmm. and one. We expected that. Uh, you know, it wasn't like any kind of big surprise that they're good. But you've got the mm-hmm. New York Jets at 5-2. and two. That's much better than we expected from them so far. 
and you got the Giants at six and one, and Daniel Jones is playing lights out. Like he's a quarterback that you want on your team right now, the way that he's been playing. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, and, and the other thing that's so crazy, I think I've made fun of before about the, the iconic play of him running open field. And of course, what does he do? He doesn't score the touchdown. He trips over his own feet and falls down, you know, and mm-hmm. just, that's the guy that's lighting, lighting these defenses up on, on, with his feet, you know? And so it's just crazy to see these three teams, uh, really just these two teams, the Giants and the Jets both doing so well, uh, you know, Britain, we've, we've seen a lot of, uh, you know, uh, Giants, you know, we, we've seen them go to the Super Bowl and then all of a sudden just fall, uh, you know, very hard. What do you kind of take of this, mm-hmm. this Giants team? Do you see them being an actual contender? Or is this maybe just a short-term little stint that they're going through? I, I absolutely see them being a contender right now. They're playing really good ball. Um, and like you said, just New York in general, all the New York teams right now, the NFL, I, I have no idea who's going to be in the Super Bowl this year. This is this is one of the first years in a while at this point in the season where I didn't say, yeah, it's probably one of these few teams here that's going to be in the Super Bowl. There, there are a lot of teams right now that are playing really good ball. And there are a lot of teams that, you know, we didn't necessarily expect, like, you know, you get the uh, Buccaneers and, and the, and the um, Green Bay Packers, teams like that that you would typically expect to say at the beginning of the year, there's a good chance that they could, they'll make it deep in the playoffs. I always assume that the, the Green Bay will get there and then get beat by the Bears. You know, that, that seems to be uh, – the Bears seem to be uh, the Achilles heel for Rodgers in the past several years. But you can always lean on those teams to be, to be solid teams. But I definitely take uh, the, the New York – Giants, the Jets, um, both of those teams, I take them very serious right now. And I think that either one of them could make a deep run in the playoffs for sure. Yeah. And and Blake, you know, with the Jets, I see them. I see with Brees Hall. Uh, and he's he's really been the the main thing, keep, kind of keeping them together. And then over on the Giants, you're seeing the run game again with both Daniel Jones, which is weird to say. He's kind of been using his feet a lot more than we would ever expect. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also Saquon Barkley, a healthy Saquon Barkley is exactly what we thought he would be in the league. But, of course, Brees Hall now kind of banged up. Uh, of course, you're going to see some more injuries kind of happen along the season to kind of slow down. And right now it looks like the the, uh, the Jets team has kind of seen more of that. Maybe they start to have this affect them a little bit more. But, uh, Blake, what do you what do you kind of see with these two teams? Do you think, again, you know, do you think these guys are contenders? I, I honestly do, man. I, I know the Giants. Um, it all it all starts with Saquon and and Daniel Jones. You know, I mean, you can't look any further. You know, I mean, Saquon staying healthy is the biggest thing to me for the Giants. Uh, I, I if if he goes down, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it stays on course. Uh, and then I look at the Jets, and you know. Is it a magic carpet ride? I don't know. I think Zach Wilson has to play a little better because um, their defense has has been playing lights out lately. But Zach Wilson has to protect the football, and he's got he's got to start letting it rip, man. He, he's he's he he's got to get himself uh, speed speed with the N with the NFL, and uh, you know just throwing for 130 yards and stuff like that, man. It's not going to get it done. You're not going to win a Super Bowl like that. So, um, who did the who did the Jets just sign at running back? Are they they traded for somebody? I believe. I didn't. I, I didn't see remember. It. Uh, 
I can't the, remember because I know. Yeah, because uh, what's his name? Tore his ACL, didn't he? Yeah, Brees Hall just uh, had an ACL yeah. injury. Uh, I thought they went and got somebody. I think you might be right. I vaguely do remember hearing about that, but I, I can't for the life of me thinking who it was. Yeah, I'm. I'm. They. I thought they got somebody. Um, but I do. I use my phone, but my phone's uh on me. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, um, not office set up anymore. I I think, you know, I I don't know. Sauce Gardner, uh, and and in the, in the defense man, defense man, the that that boy who just shut down shut down Jacksonville. No, I mean, no, I mean, they're they're looking really good. I don't know. I don't know if it's just a, a fairy tale, magic carpet ride, whatever, with the Jets. But you know, I, if they stay healthy, healthy, uh, I, I think they could make the playoffs. And and the Giants, man, you know, look, you got the Eagles in that division, and you got the Cow. So I know it's I know it's going to get a little tougher, but I think they could get core core. I'm I'm okay with saying that. You know, yeah. I'm. I'm I think I think that's a win. I think that's a win for the Giants if you get a wild card spot. I think it's a win. Yeah. Can, can the Cowboys make it? I think so. I mean, it's 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 kind of yeah. a little bit of controversy down there too. But you know, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, they I could think again. Yeah, I just I don't see the Cowboys making it very far. But if you really want to talk about uh, controversies that are going on, uh, you know. Who do you start if you're Bill Belichick? Do you take Billy Zappi and, and uh, Bailey Zappi, sorry, and, and put him in the game and just let him do what he's been doing because it seems like there's a little bit of a spark there? Or do you stick with Mac Jones, who's the guy that you drafted and wanted him to come in and basically take over for that void that you were missing after after Tom Brady left? Uh, you know, Blake, what do you see with these two guys? You know, which one are you are you riding with? You got to start Mac Jones, man, uh, and and say that say that. Is because ultimately Bill is a business, a business, and, and you know you you have a little bit more money than Mac Jones, Mac Jones. And l- let's not get the other night twisted, okay? With the Bears, let's let's don't get that twisted. Mac Mac looks hurt. He still looks. He doesn't look a hundred percent. He you know he just he looked slow footed the other night. He didn't look comfortable, and it just I, I'm not so sure he should have even been playing to be honest. And so. Uh, this week, I this week, I know he just got announced as the starter for Sunday. So I do want to see Mac Jones come in, play well. Uh, I know one thing that wasn't to me was to me was how the Patriots fans just kind of they kind of turned on him just like just like that, and it was zappy, zappy, zappy. And then what did Zappy do? He turned the ball over, you know, just like Mac Jones has been turning it over. So I, I just I think you got to stick with Mac Jones right now. You've kind of put all your you kind of put all your bread into that basket, and so you, you got to stay. Yeah, and Britton, you know, are you going with kind of the exciting new guy that's kind of the new face, or are you sticking with Mac Jones, who you've seen kind of do pretty well uh, his rookie year, but then just not so much after that? What are you going with? Um, I'm agreeing with Blake. I think Mac Jones is the is the answer there. I think if if you're Bill Belichick, you you've had Brady in your back pocket for so many years, right? So I think his thought process right now, he sees, you know, the the future. He sees building this kid up to become the next Tom Brady, so to speak. Not that I don't think he'll ever become the next Tom Brady. I'm not saying that. 
But nonetheless, if you're Bill Belichick, that's what you're trying. You're trying to get the next guy like that. You're trying to, to prepare a guy to become that, that next guy. And I think Mac Jones is the answer there for sure. So I wanted to pull this up just a, a little test to see, you know, because we've got QB1 here on the, on the list, and I've got them kind of both blocked off where you can't see what QB it is. But QB1's 42 of 65 in two games, uh, 65% there. 465 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Two-game comparison as well to QB2. Uh, he's 38 for 56, 68%, 494 yards, three touchdowns, but two interceptions. When you're looking at those stats, do you see enough to, to make a big a big jump between one or the other there? Uh, that's the same guy to me. Yeah. I would agree. Matt. got to stick with Matt. So, yes, I mean, when when – I look at this. This is the last two games for Billy's for Bailey Zappi, uh, and, and seeing what he's done. Uh, he's he's at QB number two, slightly better, uh, just because he's got a slightly better percentage. Um, but you know, Mac Jones there. That's Mac Jones in the first two games this this season. And looking mm-hmm. at the two, like you said, you know, I just I look at these two, and it's not that much of a difference. It's not like you're having a huge a huge morale change. It's not like there's a huge stat change that, oh, my gosh, he's putting up four or five touchdowns to his one. No, you're not really seeing that that kind of comparison. Uh, so, I mean, that's it's just kind of crazy when you compare the stats that way and you take two games to two games. What are these two guys able to do? And really the same thing. But the thing that we've seen with Mac Jones is that he's been in this system a little longer. He's He's been around these guys a little longer. And he's able to kind of mm-hmm. grow. And, and, you know, like you said, Blake, you know, it's you can't really take that that Bears game against him too much because it was it was very obvious that he was hurt and that's why he came out yeah. pretty quick. No doubt, no doubt, one hundred percent. You hit the nail. So yeah, I, I think I'm I'm, I'm pretty much I, I'm glad both of you guys said that you know because looking at it when I'm I'm looking at at uh, Mac Jones I I wholeheartedly think that's the guy you got to stick with right now. That's the guy you put your trust in, in the beginning. And for Pat's fans to like you said Blake to to really turn on him and all of a sudden jump on. I think a lot of that's just because it's a new guy, new face, uh, and that's why they're yeah. jumping on this, you know, the, the zappy hour. Um, but let's go ahead and move on real quick because uh, I know we got quite a bit to talk about with these other two programs that we want to talk about here. First, let's start off with Texas A&M. Are they falling apart a little bit? We've seen quite a bit with them, you know, starting off very high hopes for them and the, just overall in the grand scheme of things, very high ranked. Uh, and overall, I think we can both really just kind of all three kind of see the Texas A&M and see how they're always overrated year in and year out. Again, happens again this year where we see Texas A&M didn't do much. Now they've lost three in a row and they're starting to see a lot of controversy going on with uh, Jimbo Fisher. What's going on with him? You know, he's, he's recruiting well, but he's not able to put that on the field. Uh, and, and Blake, you even brought something to my attention uh, that, that's even going on a little bit more. You want to shed some more light on what's been going on here at Texas A&M? So look, man. Uh, the, the, the thing at TNM, right, is it is is you bring in the number one recruiting class in the country, you know, and and you talk about NIL and everything, and you're you're paying players, and we saw the video clip that come out with the assistant talking about talking about Mister's up Mister's up in the press box. These are the guys using you to play here and everything, and. In the offseason, you run your mouth to Nick Saban and talk about how you can't wait for October 8th and, uh, you know, you're bringing the lumber to Tuscaloosa and, uh, 
you know, this isn't going to be a beat down and you're here to, here to stay and all of these things. And you just, you just, you flat all and flat on your face. And it started with starting, starting Haynes King at quarterback in week one. And then you go to week two and you, you lose to App State. And that should raise questions right there that you're paying somebody uh, $90 million that, you know, I mean, his buyout is, I think it's like $86 million or $90 million or something like that. And you lose to App State. Now, no, no, you know, I'm not, uh, not bashing App State. They're a great football program, but Texas A&M should not be losing to App State. And so, you fast forward a couple of weeks and you go to Alabama and, you know, you lose there on play, play, and your offense is just absolutely stale. You make those switch to Max Johnson and you beat Arkansas and he ends up hurt and hurt and he could possibly be done for the year to go back to Haynes King. And it's just been a total mess, man. And then we hear this week, uh, they go to South Carolina and they lose. And Josh Britton, when you go to South Carolina and you lose, and you're of the stature of Texas A&M, uh, that that has to raise questions, man. Like it it has to raise eyebrows out there at Texas A&M and College Station. And then there's a report that you suspend a certain amount of players. I think it was three, four, five players. I can't really remember how many, but I know you had three players smoking weed in the locker room before the game kicked off. So that tells me right there that you have lost complete control of your locker room. It's over, man. Like, they're, you know, and and I, I saw Nick Fitzgerald, Fitzgerald tweeted. Uh, he was the former quarterback at Mississippi State, and he was like, oh, you know, oh, you know that, that stuff happens more than you think. It, it might happen at, at a place like Mississippi State or something like that, but at a place like Texas A&M, man, this cannot happen. And you're supposed to be in the national title race and the playoff contention and all of these things, but I just I think Jimbo has lost it. I, I just don't think he has the backing of the fans anymore. I, I think the boosters are frustrated. And, look, I'll be honest with both of you, they have – Ole Miss this weekend. If you lose that one, that's another strike on you. Uh, then you have Florida. If you lose that one, all right, you're almost not able to make a bowl game. And then you have to go to Auburn. All right, lose lose at Auburn, dead. dead. All right, it's over. He will be fired if he goes to Auburn and loses. He will be fired from Texas A&M. And a lot of people say, oh, no, they won't fire him. They owe him $90 million in buyout. People in Texas do not care about $90 million. That is chump change in the oil industry, okay? And they do not care one lick. And uh, you go out there and you don't make a bowl game and you go five and seven at Texas A&M when you were talking all this smack, uh, you got to go, man. You got to go. And I'll say this right here. Um, if they get rid of Jimbo, look out Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin to College Station. Watch it. I'm telling you. It, it, I think it would be real. I think it would be real. So that, that, that's just my thoughts on it, man. And, and I just – it's a disaster over there. And I know I don't have a whole lot of room to talk, uh, but 
you know, I mean, it's it's a disaster. Yeah. And Britain, do you think Texas A&M is just falling apart all altogether? 100%. No questions asked. Uh, especially, I mean, listen, the, the way the season's going so far, wins and losses are the only thing that matters. Football is a business. If you're not winning games, you're on the hot seat. And then to come out, so at the beginning of the year, if you guys remember right, there were a few players that were suspended for not meeting curfew. Um, and then now you have three three players suspended for smoking weed in the locker room before the game. Um, if all that stuff's going on in the locker room before the game starts and you're the head coach and you have no idea that this is going on, I'm calling BS. I'm absolutely calling BS on that. So to me, yeah, that's players need to be disciplined, but also that falls on the coach. That falls on the head coach. Um, mm. What it also tells me is that Sometimes we take for granted when coaches say that they want to that they want to recruit good kids over a five star kid. Just because you're a great athlete doesn't necessarily mean that I want you on my team. Because if you're not going to be a good athlete and a good player and a good human being and, and be disciplined enough to you know follow the team rules and follow the the rules set forth from the NCAA then you're not going to be on my team. And I think that's where Jimbo's getting get himself in trouble as he went after all these young kids. They're making tons of money. And, and again, I think maybe this is something, this is the start of what I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of in college football with the new NIL. You're starting to pay all these kids all this money and they think that they can do whatever they want. Some of these kids are making more than the coaches are making. So it's tur- it's turning into, you know, a bunch of young kids that, that are not responsible and, and don't have any uh, any knowledge on how to handle finances, that make bad decisions. We look at celebrities all the time. Celebrities that get young. Um, you know, you've got Justin Bieber was was a, the big stories that came out with him about driving recklessly and and all this stuff in his sports car and you know being crazy. Well, what happens when you give a bunch of young kids a bunch of money? Is they go crazy? So. Again, I said this before, the NIL finally kicked off, and I'll say it again. I think there's a lot of dangerous things that can happen with this. Um, but to your point, Blake, I do think Jimbo Fisher better get that ship straight quick or he's going to be he's gonna be out next year for sure. Yeah, yeah, and it is. It's just alarming <clears throat> to see everything going on. You know, when you think of Jimbo Fisher being an older guy, an older coach, he's been in, in, in this business for a long time. You'd think he'd have a little bit more – uh, control over his team than this but yeah that's all of this coming out now too and uh, even s- some of the things that he's said in press conferences and stuff like that just not looking good for Jimbo mm-hmm. Fisher um, but we'll jump over real quick I'll just have have you kind of touch on <clears throat> what's going on there in uh, Auburn Blake because you know we see with everything that's going on of course we know we know that you've you've wanted uh, Harson gone for a while now um, but now you're even seeing where, you know, all this turnover, uh, you know, with, with all of the guys there, they're not buying in at all anymore. They're leaving. Uh, and you're even having some issues with him not letting certain kids redshirt too. Uh, go ahead and kind of give us, give us a little bit before we jump on and, and uh, play our, our little game real quick. So guys, guys, both of you know, I've been asking for Brian Harson to be relieved of his duties at Auburn University the entire season, basically. Uh, it really heated up when they got blown out at home by Penn State. 
I think that is un. But now, now you're starting the 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 aftermath of all of this, and so many people have been on the keep Brian Harson train, and we call them Harsonites. Okay, and that that's what we're in Alabama. We're in Alabama, and and it has come to a point where you have a coach, and he is apparently from an unknown source telling kids that if they come to him to redshirt, have to have a have to have a medical reason to redshirt, or they have to drop the request. Or they either have to enter the transfer portal or quit the team completely. Um, um, that is that is that's disgusting. Honestly, it's disgusting. I mean, it's 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 piss poor in my opinion. Um, if if a kid a kid wants transfer transfer or or excuse me, if a kid wants to redshirt, then that kid has every right to come to him and say, hey, you know, I want a redshirt. All right, and he says, well, I need you to play. All right. Well, what happens when that kid has played in his four games and, you know, you, you know, you're, you're down in the bowl game and they just toss you in and bang, you've, you've burned your red shirt. You know, you've played your, I, th- I can't remember what percentage of snaps it is or whatever, but you've burned your red shirt now because he threw you in, in a meaningless game because you had him, had him, you know, talk you into not red shirt. And I'm just not a fan of that. And look, I look, I played college, and when you redshirt, man, uh, you, you know, a lot of people say that, you know, oh well, players don't ask for redshirts. Well, you would be surprised, okay? So players do ask for redshirts, and they ask for them more often than you think. Yeah. And uh, it's not always to just transfer. A player could be dealing with something mentally. Uh, the, a player could have something have something going on at home that these guys have, have knowledge of, and it could be affected, you know, you know, and and um, uh, for all these people at Auburn, man, to just uh, just Candon Candon King, who was our tight end that moved to wide receiver this year, he was a very he was a very guy, and he come out a couple weeks said hey said hey I'm taking a red shirt for for the rest of the year. And I don't have any plans on transferring. I'm just sitting out the rest of the year. I'm going to take a red shirt. Well, then yesterday he posted on social media that he will enter the transfer portal on December 5th. And, you know, I, I think this all come about from he, he wasn't getting the lack of touches. And in the Penn State game, he made one hell of a play. He goes up, snags a ball for a first down. It was like a gain of 25. And after that, he was off the field at the field and never talked again. Like, like he never, he never got thrown to again. And so he said, "Hey, look, if you're not going to use me, I'm going to bounce. Like, like I'm, if you're not going to play me, and you know, I had a touchdown catch in, in the Iron Bowl last year, or a two point conversion in overtime, whatever they do nowadays. Um, you know." I've been on the field my freshman year and now in my sophomore year, and you're just not going to throw the ball to me either. You know, let me, you know, let me, let me transfer or, or let me take it or whatever or whatever. But this guy, man, like I said all along, I think he's in way over his head. I think he believes this is still the Mountain West Conference. 
and it's not. It's a completely different ball game. This isn't Boise, Idaho. It's the furthest, furthest thing from Boise, Idaho. But you are in a that that eats, sleeps, and breathes college football. It is beyond here. There is, no, there is no breaks. There is no off season. Uh, when when the college football national championship is played, the very next morning we wake up and we immediately start talking about recruiting. And when you're dead last in recruiting in the SEC or or 13th or whatever, you know Vanderbilt's right there. You know that's not Auburn, man. That is not Auburn. And now you, you have, we just had another player for out for out about two hours ago, Tavares Dawson. Uh, he was a that had a, that had a lot of speed, could take the top off of the defense. He said, "Hey, you're not going to throw the football to me, deuces. I'm out as well." So, you, I think you've lost control of the program, and he better be glad I'm not running things at Auburn University because he would be long gone, long gone. And today proved that. It, it, the Brian Harson era is over at Auburn. It's done, man. It, it's just you can't go on any longer. And you've lost four players in a week. So it's just it's over, man. You you got to move on and you got to start a coaching search right now. So that's where I'm at with that, man. Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been insane to see everything going on, and then it just seems like with him wanting to, you know, cancel uh, players uh, being able to redshirt too. That just seems like. He's just trying to run the, the program into the ground too, and it's just, yeah. it's it's irresponsible. Uh, and and yeah. as an Auburn fan, I, you would you would think that you would want more, regardless of how you feel about your coach. Mm-hmm. You'd want more from your coach. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that's something that needs to be called out for. And and Josh, uh, Britton, I'm not trying to cut you off, man. I know you you want to talk about it, but guys, like all these people saying that Landon King he quit on the program and everything. He did not quit. All right, there's still a for for him and Tavares Dawson and Zakevius Walker who sit in the transfer portal because they they can't technically enter until December 5th, I believe. So maybe Auburn fires Brian Harson. They hire a new coach, and that coach recruits them back to Auburn to pull their name out of the transfer portal. Uh, I hope that happens. But as far as saying that the kid quit on the program. I just think he didn't want to play for the head coach anymore. He said, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of this guy. And we had a wide receiver last year that trained UCF, UCF by the name of Kobe Hudson. He was our best wide receiver. He was number five for Auburn. Uh, he had 600 yards receiving on the year with four touchdowns. And he come out after the bowl game and he said, hey, I'm transferring. Like, I can't play for this guy. And one of the key things that he said is, he said, this guy's from Boise, Idaho. Like, he doesn't know how kids down in the South are raised and, and how we treat people. And he's like, that, that is a big deal to me. And some of the things that he says to us, it's just not how you, not, it's not how we go about things down here. And you can tell in his press conferences and stuff that he comes off as being real like smart aleck and, He's just he has a tone in his voice, man, that just doesn't work here. And I know something all with that. Oh, well, that's kind of cheesy, but it's it's a real thing, man. And and when you start being arrogant and you start being a, a smart aleck for these boosters and everything, uh, um, 
or, or excuse me, these beat writers and stuff, the people that actually back you in some things and take your side. I think that's the end of the road, man. I just, I, I just, it's, it's sad. And I think we got to make a decision quick. It, I say if they lose Saturday to Arkansas, he has to go. He has to go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, I've, I've been paying pretty close attention to all that stuff going on in Auburn. And, yeah, like you said, I think I, you bring out a good point. I spent my summers as a young kid uh, down in Alabama quite a bit. Um, I, I have a lot of friends in, in the Alabama and the state of Alabama. Um, things are different there. Um, and, you know, when, when you've got a guy that comes in as a head coach and starts treating players like this, and now you're starting to see some of the, the shockwaves of this, to me, personally, I mean, I get it. He's, he's going to be the head coach Saturday, right? Yeah. Win or lose, I mean, personally, I, I, I get rid of him now. Um, I try and save anything that you can right now. It's inevitable. He needs to go. He needs to go now. So why prolong it? The longer you do that, the more players leave, the more the recruits that were possibly going to come there, they're already looking elsewhere. Um, it's going to be – that what's happening right now is is you spent all this time stacking dominoes and and somebody went over and kicked that domino if somebody doesn't stop it right there the dominoes are going to continue to fall uh one after another until until you, until you end up in a place where you know it's it's going to be way harder for the next guy to come in and fix so i think if you're in charge of, of getting you know the athletic director needs to come in make a stance uh Boat him out the door and stop the bleeding now before it gets too bad uh, and you end up in the ER. You know, it's it's uh, it's sad to see what he's doing. It's sad to see the way that he's treating players. Um, and it's it's just going to continue to get worse and worse. Uh, that's that's about all I got to say on that. But uh, it's definitely, man, that sucks to see. It. It's ruining college football. Things like that ruin college football, and it ruins college football not only for the fan base but also for these young athletes. Yeah. Yeah, and Josh, Josh, real quick, man, I, I wanted to say this on on Britain, what you said, man. Um, Auburn has to hire an athletic director ASAP, and they say they've been saying, "Well, we don't want to make the wrong hire." Well, you've been without an athletic director for an entire entire season right now, so. You know, like what what's what's the holdup? Like we gotta get this thing rolling. We gotta we gotta put the ball in motion because you gotta get this guy out of here. So let's get things done. Let's get some urgency in Auburn, Alabama. Yeah, that's that's it's definitely a situation where I mean it's you've got to get rid of him, but then at the same time, yeah, like you said, you know, you do have to get a new uh, AD as well. Um, but mm -hmm. let's go ahead and jump on. I know we're kind of running long on time, but let's go ahead and jump on to guess that guy real fast. Uh, I'm just going to pick one of the categories. Do you guys rather do college football, NFL, or NHL? Uh, I'd, uh, uh, college or NFL, it doesn't matter. Um, either will work with me. I feel like I NFL might be NHL. Less, less guys to pick from since we've been talking about uh, yeah. NFL quite a bit. You want to go with, go with that? That'll work. All right, let's let's go with. Uh, I guess first we'll we'll start off. Uh, Britain, I'll have you guess first. Who do you think is the NFL passing leader? Passing leader. Mm -hmm. Ooh. I want to go with. Uh, 
that's a tough one for me. I'm, I've got like three guys in mind. Passing leader right now, I'm going to go with Josh Allen. Josh Allen, who are you thinking, Blake? Jimmy. Can I change mine? To, to, can I change mine? Patrick Mahomes. I, 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 man, I was going to say let me let me go let me go Justin Herbert. Ooh, Justin that's, Herbert. That's oh, you got to remember he's he's been out at least a game game and a half a game or two. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Say uh, say Dalton Fields. And <laughs> Oh God, no! Uh, oh man, they, they got to figure something out in Chicago. Um, yeah, I mean, either let's go, Pat. Let's go, Pat. Let's go, Pat. Pat and Britain, you're sticking with Pat Mahomes too. I'm sticking with Pat Mahomes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Pat Mahomes was it. Uh, Pat Mahomes okay. is leading right now at twenty two thousand one hundred and fifty nine passing yards right now. So he is up there. He's actually up by quite a bit right now too. But Josh Allen was pretty high up on the list too. Yeah. After I thought about it, the the more I mean, Travis Kelsey's getting involved and stuff. I'm like, man, that's he's got to have a ton of yards by now. So I'm glad I, glad I changed my mind there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's hard to pick against Pat Mahomes too when you're talking passing uh, passing yards just overall too. Um, let's go on NFL rushing leader. Who who you got for that, Blake? Oh man! Oh man! Um, that's a tough one. There's quite a few good running backs this year, so it is. I think that's probably harder. Um, and I'm trying to think of a, uh, trying to think of a team that that runs the football a, a good bit. Um, let me let me just take a shot in the dark and say Saquon. Saquon, that's that's a good guess. What you what you got there, Britt? I'm gonna go with uh, Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. Oh yeah. You're you're both picking guys that I would think Saquon's the guy that I was thinking whenever I was looking this up. But that's actually, where I was going to go with. But I felt like I'd go against against Blake on that one, so I was yeah. With, so uh, the, that's who I thought, but it's actually Nick Chubb, which okay. shocked me a little oh, bit man. just because the Browns haven't been great, but he's been the shining star. Yeah, there. that makes sense. And Nick Chubb's ahead by quite a bit there in the in the leading. Um, let's see. Let's go with uh, just our last one here. Who do you think is NFL receiving leader? So receiving yards overall. I'll start. I'll start with you, Britton. Oh, um, <laughs> man. I want to go with Travis Kelsey, but I'm not going to. Oh, I know Jamar Chase has had had himself a season so far. We'll go with Jamar Chase. I don't feel like that's the right answer, though. Jamar Chase, who who are you thinking there, Blake? I was gonna say gonna say gonna say Jamar, um, but I will go with Tyreek Hill. Tyreek is it? Yeah, like yeah, that Jamar's makes sense. Pretty high up there too. That's that's not a bad guess either, um, just because Jamar's Jamar's been good, um, but Tyreek he's just that long threat. It's hard to beat that, but he's he's been leading with seven hundred and seventy three uh, receiving yards so far this year. So uh, that's that's pretty much it, though. I think we'll. We'll end it there. I know we kind of went over on our our normal time limit and everything, but See, if you want with if you want with college football, you could ask me who the leading receiver is, and it's actually would shock everybody in the country because it's a Nebraska wide receiver. It's not. I, I was gonna go with with some of that, but it's not right now. He's he's not leading right now. 
from, but he is up there. I think he's ranked number like five or six or something like that right now. Um, the, oh, because we had a bye week, I guess. Uh, Ollie Jennings from Old Dominion with 905 yards. Holy cow. Yeah, and then uh, uh, Charlie Jones at Purdue now is is actually the – he's second, I believe it was, with 840 yards. So he's the, he's the power five receiving uh, leader right now. But, yeah, because uh, you're, you're thinking with, with uh, before bye weeks, you know, because you guys have had two bye weeks now. So Well, Trey um, Palmer right after the Purdue game was the leading receiver in the country. Yeah, yeah, but you've had two weeks since then or a week. A week. So, yes, I mean you've got you've got uh, Charlie Jones and Ollie Jennings both both jumping up ahead of them. That was, that one was kind of shocking to me. I knew you would pick Trey Palmer if we did the college football uh, stats too. If we if we went through with those, but we'll, we'll just leave it at that though. Uh, it's it's been real and it's been fun. So, anyways, you know, for everyone who has been watching, listening, we've been seeing a huge tick in growth, uh, especially over on our YouTube page. So a huge shout out to everybody who has been clicking and and staying around and listening so if you've been made it this far make sure to hit that like button subscribe to our channel we've had quite a bit of growth there too so uh, we thank you so much for all that Uh, share this on social media with your friends family uh, wherever you can we just we encourage you to do that to help us grow to help us keep on growing and uh, you know also if you're listening on apple podcast uh, you know spotify whatever you're listening to on the audio version go ahead and and follow us there, but then also give us a five-star rating because that's a huge help. Uh, we mm. thank you all so much for all the huge growth and all the, the support and everything. And until next time. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.